So back home, and Hilda and Zelda are laying out the ground rules to Salem, hoping he'll agree to resisting the temptation to take over the world again once Duke is back. Uh, speaking of which, the old crony himself, Dick Van Dyke, magics in as Hilda and Zelda leave to teach English to some foreign neighbours. <laughs> They're all funny and foreign because they don't understand English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 then cut we then cut to a um, old episode of the nineteen eighties uh, British uh, sitcom Mind Your Language for a bit, don't we? <laughs> yeah, yes, know. we do. That's exactly what it was. Thank you, Grave. <laughs> that was bugging me. Also, I mean, like, are they, are they supposed to be their actual neighbours? They're not people from the mad from the other realm, are they? No, no, no. no these are meant to be their, actual their neighbours. neighbours. Yeah. So. I mean, a pr- pretty multi- multicultural accepting street. It I mean, seem. I mean, a multicultural neighbourhood. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, in a in a big uh, city like the Greater Boston area, you know that 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 that's the thing. But uh, they have a um, Southeast Asian um, like man in a suit, don't mm-hmm. they? And they have they have an Indian woman in a sari. But then they have like an actual like sheikh, as in like a member of a Middle Eastern royal family. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I, don't, I, mean I, don't, I don't. I know. I know. Those guys have a lot of property all over the world, but I, 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 I don't. I don't think. I don't think any royalty lives on this street. But maybe Westbridge is is a kind of no no questions asked kind of place. It's just welcome to the street, neighbour. We're not going to ask why you're here. Maybe. Maybe there's. Maybe he's got a storyline that should have been explored. I genuinely thought that was going to be their 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 side story in this episode. Oh God, Did I was you? glad it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, I know that was. <laughs> I know the few seconds, but I, the few seconds of it were bad enough. Yeah, especially with Dick Van Dyke being in the episode, it could have very easily turned into a Dick Van Dyke show episode, kind of you know yes. transporting the show back thirty years or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, they 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 drop that very quickly because they're just like they're just shouting as as Brits do on holiday, just shouting hello at these poor poor yeah. um, you know these, these these poor unsuspecting stereotypes. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three zany, zinc-deficient zookeepers review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. My name is Phil Dean, I'm your host and guide to this wonderful and, in this particular episode, just delightfully nostalgic time that we're going to have uh, right here. But I'm not joined, uh, well, I am joined by other people, I'm not alone. I, my friends and my co-hosts and my... Oh, just my babes, I would say, in some circumstances. First of all, I'm joined by Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hey, babes. Um, hey, how you doing? Fine, thank you. Um, it's an interesting ethical question, isn't it? If you were a zookeeper mm-hmm. um, and you were trapped in your zoo, I don't know how that would happen. Maybe you got snowed in, I don't know. How long would it be before you started eating the animals? Um, I, I, I don't. Me personally, I, 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 probably by the end of the day. Well, um, I mean, I know, but like you know, you haven't taken like the 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 zookeeper's oath. Um, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, Some the, people say the zookeeper's sloth. Yeah, or the Hippocratic oath. I'm sorry, Graham, but the better question is to it. The better question to ask is how long until the animals eat you? I thought it was. I thought you were going to say how long until you fuck the animals, Chris. To be honest, I thought that's where your mind was going. Why would my mind go there? I don't. Phil? I am not into bestiality. I don't know. Well, that man who uh, may be into bestiality is our other companion, Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. You wild boar, you. <laughs> oh, uh, how you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm all right. I was also wondering why I'm uh, a pig in the city. 
Oh, why? Oh, babe, of course, yeah. Speaking uh, of, that is that is easily one of the most terrifying films I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God, yeah. What, I, babe, Pig in the Sea? Oh, it is horribly, like, surreal, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. it's horrible. I, I need to go back and watch it, actually. I remember being absolutely traumatised by it as a kid. And I think I've, it's kind of frightened me away from ever revisiting it. But I, I, I definitely but, need to. No, Babe doesn't die. Why is it? Why oh, is it it's nothing to do with Babe. Well, first of all, he headbutts the farmer down the well. That's quite scary. Yeah. Um, um, and then when, they, when, when they're actually in the in the aforementioned city, uh, like the the, the the farmer's wife, she gets vicious, she gets like assaulted, and oh, it's oh, yeah. It's and there's horrible. a there's a manic depressive orangutan. Um, is that the one in the suit? Yeah, in the suit. Uh, it's yeah, it's a crazy time, but I've not seen it since I was eight. So uh, yeah, I'll have to revisit it sometime. But well, still, that well, is nothing to do with Sabrina. <laughs> I suppose the other. No. I suppose the other question is, you say like, how long would it be until you fucked an animal? The other question would be, well, wait, wait, that was never the question, Greg. The other question, Phil asked it. The other question would be, which one would you fuck first? <laughs> like, if you were really struggling for so long that you know. So I don't know. Same as my first answer. Maybe till the end of the day. Um, I don't know which one I'd go for first. <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, Graham, I think I'm more likely to shag an inanimate object than an animal. If only somebody had had that level of restraint and not fucked that pangolin, then we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in now, would we? That's exactly. How it, that's what happened, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. If if he'd just was decided it a to f- f- fuck a go-kart or something like that, yeah. that would be a uh, whole different story for 2020. But uh, speaking of, actually... Yeah, every- everyone would be coming down with tyres. Steering away from that one. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, we are... Uh, so we've recently, very, very recently left 2020. And of course, as we were all saying, fuck you, 2020, everything's back to normal now. Yay, which is great. But for now, though, we are in a much happier time because here it's the year 2000. And we're joined by a fabulous, wonderful co-star, one-off co-star for this particular episode because we are on episode 16 of season four and it is entitled, Welcome Back, Duke. Uh, In this episode, Salem's old crony Duke uh, finishes his term that he was sentenced to uh, to be a cat. He's finished early. Uh, And yeah, he's just kind of trying to adjust to life in a really, really beautifully charming way um and obviously we mentioned at the end of our last episode that duke in this episode is played by uh, mr dick van dyke um so boys before we do jump into the episode in general how much did you enjoy um dick van dyke being in this episode oh my god um i mean as a child um my two of my favorite films uh were Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mary Poppins in particular, um, Chitty. Um, that's, I think, mainly all I know Dick Van Dyke from, but those two things were a big enough part of my childhood for me to absolutely adore the man. Um, and yeah, it was it was a delight seeing him here. He just brought so much just class and old Hollywood charm um, to the show. And we've been short of decent guest stars for a while now as well, so... It was great to have him along. And, you know, as it's, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, everything he does in this episode and stuff. But, you know, it, it's not only such a great thing to have such a stellar um, uh, guest star in this, but for someone who acts genuinely, genuinely really well, um, I think I think it is a great, great performance in this particular episode. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in general. But, uh, yeah, so, Chris, so what, what, what do you think to uh, Mr. Mr. Dick Van Dyke being in this particular one? If you're going to have a guest star on a show, why not get the granddaddy of all sitcoms? Because 
that's that's Dick Van Dyke. That is, he had the Dick Van Dyke show, which was a roaring success in God knows when, um, and and that was sort of, I don't, may, was it the birth of sitcoms? Might have been. I'm not 100 percent on that one. It was um, one of which, the first really you know, big ones, I think. Like, if you're gonna get a guest star on a sitcom, you want Dick Van Dyke. Not only that, but of course, where Dick Van Dyke arrives, dancing. In shoes, oh, which was yeah. brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. it was so charming and so lovely. And as well, particularly during at least leading up to um, you know 2008, he was in uh, Diagnosis Murder. You, you overly familiar with with that particular show, gents? I'm not. Not overly familiar. I'm aware of it. I know that he has a moustache in it, and that's why he has a moustache here because he would have at this time, I think, been filming the final season of Diagnosis Murder. I think I looked up. Yeah, and yeah, because obviously in, in that he plays Doctor Diagnosis, and he looks up murders. He does. Uh, no, uh, yeah, I um, I've I binged season one and two of that show. Bought it on DVD years and years ago. It's got it's it's a great show. It's so lighthearted and, and daft. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just so great to see someone of this caliber, uh, particularly in the show where you know it's had its heyday, which people sort of consider maybe season three. Um, you know, it just kind of needs just a bit of star power and pizzazz, considering that it's a bit of a mishmash this uh, particular season. But I think this is such such a lovely episode. I think in general, it has such a nice tone to it, and as well, like you, you know, when you again we'll discuss this throughout the episode. But when you think of Dick Van Dyke's going to be playing one of Salem's old mates, you just think, oh, how is he going to be horrible and mean? But he's just lovely Dick Van Dyke that we've come to know him as in all the films and TV shows he's in. Just a quick question. This is the season with the Witch Hunter, isn't it? Oh, oh yes, Chris. It's very hard to remember that, but yes, that is right. Okay, just as long as I'm on the same page, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, we do go over, we do uh, rag on progression a lot, but again, it is quite nice just to do something that's just a generally just nice episode to watch. And and wasn't there another character as well? Uh, something to do with sleep? No, I think they're making that up, mate. No, absolutely uh, nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing. If they're not in this episode, they don't exist. Um, same can be said for many, many episodes. Uh, but yeah, we might as well uh, jump straight in this one. We've talked about it enough already. Um, so the episode opens on Salem sipping a drink through a straw, reveling in an empty Spellman household. That is, however, until Sabrina and the all-girl teens basketball team she's coaching, storming, fill the house with too much estrogen for this pussy to handle. He dies back into his old misogynist ways, and Sabrina retaliates by turning him into a big ball for all the girls to dribble on. The most sinister-looking basketball that there has ever been. This jet-black ball. It's evil. Yeah. It's evil basketball. I, I'm surprised one of the one of the Marauders, because that's what they're called, yeah. the Marauders. Uh, see, I did watch the episode. You did. Didn't mention the fact that the basketball was a strange colour. They did, however, mention that it made a noise, yeah. but not that it wasn't regulatory size and shape. But that was it as well. Like they, they said, did did the ball talk? And Sabrina says, no, a bit of air escaped out of it. I mean, that's still a reason to question it further. To not, you, like, to why not, are we playing with yeah, a flat basketball that's jet black? <laughs> Yeah, but what wasn't there another joke there? Didn't she say something about hot air escaping? Oh yeah, Probably. yeah, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, it, it's just, it, yeah, it's it's just leaking. It's full of hot air or something like that. Let's just say I love the the timing of the. It's just brilliant timing of um and great, uh, yeah, again, great sort of uh, shocked uh, exclamation from 
from uh, Nick Mackay, but yeah, also just generally the timing, the brilliant direction of um, him saying, ah, a house without women, and all of a sudden this avalanche of <laughs> little girls coming <laughs> yeah. in, without explanation originally as well. I really, I really yeah, enjoyed that. Um, yeah, very very good sort of visual gag um, there right off the bat, and it kind of just gives you the idea. Despite him being a lazy house cat, um, you, you know, really he's not really got important things to do. It just it kind of shows that he's kind of really got no time to himself, uh, and also him being very misogynist and stuff. He, he just talks a lot about um, you know all these awful women just cramping my style essentially. It kind of sets um, sets Salem up for the kind of character he is in this episode because they kind of dial up the the old-fashioned horribleness of um, Salem in this episode to really making contrast between uh, Duke, who's a character who's trying to turn his life around a bit. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see yeah, Salem have a great out in this episode. And just just to show him off, he's just an old-fashioned meanie, really, in this um, in this particular outing. Um, but, yeah, well, uh, we then jump to the uh, the title sequence, which, uh, as, as we do in every episode of uh, this particular season onwards, we like to make our own mirror gang because... It was the thing we're f- uh, fond of most uh, in the seasons past, but we kind of miss it now. So every week we have a go at writing our own mirror gag loosely based on um, uh, something that happened in this episode. Uh, this week it's mine, and I've got a really, really strong track record of just doing shit ones, but I feel I've generally written a joke here. It's, it's by no means original, but I think it's perfectly suited for an episode of Sabrina. I feel like it would have... This would have been in a Sabrina episode, uh, or, or it may be too good for that. Um, but uh, so, so imagine it, it may be too good for that. Do you mean? Do you mean too good for a mirror gag? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, because yeah, it has to be that perfect level of naffness. I feel like because this is an actual yeah. joke, it won't really work. But um, so um, yeah. So imagine, guy, she's going through the mirrors, different outfits. Uh, the last one is she's wearing a really smart tailcoat, you know, suit and top hat. Uh, but on top of her tailcoat, she's got um, armbands or, or water wings. Um, right. And she looks at the camera and says, last time I tap danced, I fell into the sink. I see. Now, I can tell you why that is a, that is that is a good joke. That is round about the kind of, you know quality of, like you say, probably possibly a bit more craftsmanship than the usual mirror gag. Um, but it's, yeah, it's the kind of, like, goofy humour that we'd normally get from mirror gag. However, you would not see that joke in Sabrina for obvious reasons. Why? The taps on sinks are called faucets in America. Oh, they are! Oh. Even though, even though if you're talking about um, a beer pump, what we would call a pump in yeah. a pub, that is a tap very confusing. Very confusing. Yeah, I can't... why is that a tap? That's not a tap. No, but they call it a tap. But it's That's not it. a tap. I know. I don't know. They also they all also call Craig Craig as well, don't they? It's it's a very confusing place. Is they that, call it Graham Graham Graham. Yeah, Graham Cracker. Don't I know it? But uh, yeah, Graham. Um, we return to the office of that guidance counsellor from a few episodes back. So he's he's back and maybe here to stay for a few more. We don't know. Uh, so the guidance counsellor is telling Sabrina that despite being an incredible student, pretty almost an all-round student, that is, she could go to any college she wants except the one she actually wants, which is uh, Adams, I believe it is. Uh, this is a fictitious institution. I had to look it up. Um, it's not real. Oh, oh, it's not real. Well, Oh, uh, and the reason is... why it's not real is so that Sabrina could go to Adams at the end of this season or whenever yes. she goes to, to college 
so they had a fictitious college to go to rather than yes. a, a proper one. God, yeah. So it's laying the groundwork. So it's laying the groundwork so a tiny bit of progression I'll allow. Right. There is an Adams University in Colorado, but this place is supposed to be like Ivy League shit, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. And Adams in Colorado is not that. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's is a, it a community it's... college? It, it is more. Uh, seems to be, yeah, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um, supposed to be a spectacular place because a, a running joke through this episode is she keeps quoting things and everyone goes, yeah, I read the brochure. You know, like it's got stunning planes, stunning, you know, everything like that. So, rolling hills. Yeah. An incredible state of the art library. You know, all, all those. And all they those compare books. it to Yale at one point as well. Yeah. They even do, says, yeah. You could go to Yale, you could go to Browns or whatever. And she's like, no, I want to go to Adams. Um, so, well, there we go. Adams, you might say, is the apple of her eye. Maybe, maybe that's that's yeah. Wow, wow, wow. That's that's almost as bad as your first man joke. What do they call um, Adam apples? Adams apples in in America? Did they have a different name for that? Like no, it's, uh, no, an, it's an Adams apple. Okay. As far as I know, it's the okay, same thing. There we yeah. go. So everyone, yeah, everyone should have got that joke. Then I hope uh, it, it's called it's, it's called a Craig's Fawcett in America. <laughs> <laughs> got yeah, got yeah. I, and here I thought it was called a Jeff's Peach. <laughs> that's something else entirely. That That's on the uh, extreme tab on Pornhub, I think you'll find, Chris. Oh, oh is that on the extreme tab? Yeah. You won't last five seconds <laughs> looking at Jeff's Peach. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so the idea is, yeah, she really wants to go to Adams, uh, but she's incredible in, in school. She does fantastic community work and extracurriculum. Uh, but the one thing that's missing is art. She said Adams really go uh, wild for the art. So at the moment, her chart is looking a bit like Pac-Man, and she, she makes that um, joke in there. So if she really wants to get into Adams, if she really wants the university to actually take note of her achievements, she has to have some involvement in the um, in the art. Um, it seems she needs to indulge herself in the arts for the college to take note of her. So this is likely what Sabrina is going to be doing for this episode, and she does, and it does eventually lead to something really uh, nice and heartwarming. Uh, before we get that, though, on the other side of the cast, Hilda and Zelda are discussing whether they should help more within the community after being inspired by Sabrina's coaching of the Marauders uh, team basketball team. And the answer they were looking for comes in the form of Salem's underling Duke recently finishing his sentence as a cat and needing somewhere to crash. Um, a nice bit of realm building here. We find out that Obviously, Salem got sentenced to uh, 100 years of uh, being a cat, while all these cronings, everyone that worked for him, got lighter sentences. So it seems uh, the lighter sentences were all 25 years because um, they say that, you know, he's only been a cat for 25 years so far. So, yeah, it seems like if you are part of the problem, but you're not the main problem like Salem is, yeah, 25 years is, is the sentence you'll get as a, as a, as a cat. How long... And how not funny does the joke of them not listening to him saying that the guy's called Duke and thinking it's a woman go on for? It goes on for it goes on for years. What a weird, what a weird joke that is. I know, like not every joke lands, but like yeah, just the the their persistence with it is quite incredible. Yeah, it's it's no, it's, no, no not even that. I didn't even know Duke was a girl's name. No, it's it's not that they think Duke's a girl's name. It's that they're not listening to him saying that the guy's called Duke. 
They say, yes, it's Duke. And they're like, well, um, I'm sure she'll be made welcome. Like, no, it's a guy. His name's Duke. Like, well, when when she gets a girl, they're literally just not listening to him saying Duke for some reason. It's very weird. Uh, but yeah, like I said, yeah, nice little bit of realm building. It finds out, you know, as we say, um, if, you know, as part of Salem's cronies, he only got to serve 25 years. So I guess uh, the judge at the time was feline, very generous. Uh, so we uh, we move swiftly on. <laughs> Uh, housing a felon isn't exactly on the top of their to-do lists, uh, but they house one already, so how much trouble can it really be? Back in school and Sabrina is trawling through the notice board looking for an arty-themed extracurriculum activity, all the while ignoring Harvey's pleas for Sabrina's basketball team um, because they seem to be a bit thuggish. And again, we, we see that the rowdiness because uh, they get involved with Hilda and Zelda later on. But uh, yeah, she's kind of ignoring Harvey's pleas just to... Did he punch his brother's nose or, or something? Yeah, first anyway. first mention of Harvey's little brother for a while. Yeah, just anyone, any extended family is the first we hear of it. Um, eventually, Sabrina finds a flyer for the school musicale. So she and Harvey head to the music room to have a crack at a few uh, dozen instruments. Um, she tries uh, the clarinet, singing, dancing and playing the banjo, which genuinely causes uh, Melissa Joan Hart and Nate Richard to actually start corpsing. Uh, she tries on the school's resident luau costume uh, as well as a trumpet, <laughs> as well as a trumpet and a big old harp uh, the harp she tries to play but it falls on her before she can start uh, it was a no, yeah, nice little just montage of her just generally trying to play all these instruments there's some funny scenes in this montage but mm. what was she expecting <laughs> she knows she can't play these instruments she's not using magic what was she expecting to happen I don't. Know. I mean, obviously, I guess that's part of the uh, the the all round sort of graph that she had going on in the in the counselor's office. She she's willing to try everything. She's willing just to be good at everything. So she thinks she's just going to pick up an instrument and that's it. Away you go. Also, uh, school funding in uh, Massachusetts in the um, early two thousands clearly not all that bad if a school music no. room has a fucking harp. I mean, wow. And a luau costume as well. I mean, you don't get them. You don't get them just everywhere. Well, especially one that fits her perfectly. So, Um, so accepting she's crap with instruments, Harvey suggests dancing, which she sucks at too. Fortunately, she has to audition as a dancer with a partner. But unfortunately for Harvey, that means he's getting roped into it too. Oh. Uh, Before we move on, though, boys, did you spot? I mean, you must have done. It was glaring in the background. A new school poster. I did see one, but I'm I I couldn't I, I wasn't quick enough to read it. No, Enlightenment, Phil. Well, it's it's one that you should definitely uh, take heed to. Anyway, it says, or rather, head to. It says, "Use your head, not your fists," is what it says. Um, obviously, it's just a pity that they do have a a picture of a screaming bloke's face in this blood red coloured background of the poster, which to me suggests Jeez. that it's hinting at headbutting rather than punching. Uh, well, maybe it's a I more mean... effective way of fighting off bullies. <laughs> maybe. It kind of just looks like uh, the face of uh, Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach. It was like his face screaming. Maybe it was. Um, his face screaming, and it just says, use your head, not your fist. And it just looked very, like, visceral, very, yeah, very sort of violence-themed rather than, you know, you use your head academically. And, you know. I, I think I think they do mean use your head academically, not headbutt them. I think yeah, you should you should try and use words and reasoning to get out of conflict. If you do use your fists, it should be a last resort. <laughs> so back home, and Hilda and Zelda are laying out the ground rules to Salem, hoping he'll agree to resisting the temptation to take over the world again once Duke is back. 
Uh, speaking of which, the old crony himself, Dick Van Dyke, magics in as Hilda and Zelda leave to teach English to some foreign neighbours. <laughs> They're all funny and foreign because they don't understand English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 then cut we then cut to a um, old episode of the nineteen eighties uh, British uh, sitcom Mind Your Language for a bit, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I yes, know. we do. That's exactly what it was. Thank you, Grave. <laughs> that was bugging me. Also, I mean, like, are they, are they supposed to be their actual neighbours? They're not people from the mad from the other realm, are they? No, no, no. no these are meant to be their, actual their neighbours. neighbours. Yeah. So. I mean, a pr- pretty multi- multicultural accepting street. I mean, seem. I mean, a multicultural neighbourhood. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, in a in a big uh, city like the Greater Boston area, you know that 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 that's the thing. But uh, they have a uh, a um, Southeast Asian um, like man in a suit, don't mm-hmm. they? Um, and they have they have an Indian woman in a sari. But then they have like an actual like sheikh, as in like a member of a Middle Eastern royal family. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I, don't, I, mean I, don't, I don't, I don't, I know those guys have a lot of property all over the world, but I, 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 I don't, I don't think, I don't think any royalty lives on this street. But maybe Westbridge is is a kind of no, no questions asked kind of place. It's just welcome to the street, neighbour. We're not going to ask why you're here. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe he's got a storyline that should have been explored. I genuinely thought that was going to be their, their their side story in this episode. Oh God, Did I was you? glad it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, I know that would. I know that, the few seconds. The very, few seconds of it were bad enough. Yeah, especially with Dick Van Dyke being in the episode, it could have very easily turned into a Dick Van Dyke show episode, kind of you know yes. transporting the show back thirty years or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, they 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 drop that very quickly because they're just like they're just shouting as as Brits do on holiday, just shouting hello at these poor poor yeah. um, you know these, these these poor unsuspecting stereotypes. Yeah, just and just shouting at them, and then they just drop it. Thankfully, they go and do something which isn't really any that better. Um, but yeah, so that's what they're doing for a little bit anyway. Um, from his first words, uh, chaps, uh, Dick Van Dyke really made me laugh just because he's so incredibly enthusiastic looking to a cat puppet and saying, Hi, boss! It's just, it was really, Aww. really, it just really made me laugh. Just It, it very much reminded me of how Michael Caine acts with the Muppets, you know, in Muppets yes! Carol, he sees them as actual actors and he's just talking to them with as much enthusiasm and just respect as you would do in Dick Van Dyke. I mean, maybe Dick Van Dyke was drunk. He was most of the time, wasn't he? Maybe he's just looking at Aww, this cat it's... and he's just saying to him, just like, hi boss. And he's just, it's, it's like he's genuinely seeing him as another actor, not just this animatronic Cat puppet. It it really did make me laugh right from the off. I've I've been reading a bit into uh, Dick Van Dyke and his alcoholism. He uh, checked into rehab in like 1972. So you think like every, you know, every celebrity was fucking like drunk. You know, was probably a raging alcoholic back then. He was probably one of the first ones to admit it. Yeah. And he gets tarred with the brush of oh, big drinker Dick Van Dyke. It's like no, he was probably like the first guy to actually be like, this is a problem, and I need to do something about it. So uh, yeah. fair books to him. And, and the, I mean, wasn't there a story? It was like within the last ten years. He, I mean, kudos to him trying to surf at his age. But he was yes. yeah, about about yeah within the last ten years or so. Didn't he get drunk on a surfboard and he was pushed back to shore by a couple of uh, porpoises? Was that right? He, I think that did happen. But I don't think he was drunk. I think he just passed out because he was. 80-something years old and trying to surf. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> could be, yeah, could be. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's 95, so he must have looked after himself. He's 95 yeah. and still, like, 
pretty alive and well at the time of recording. So uh... yeah, but uh, yeah, it's 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 wonderful to see him. Like I said, right from the off, I'm hooked and already in love with him being in this. And my yeah, my, my love my love for him and his character only sort of just gets um, more and more as as we go through the episode. But yeah, Duke quickly gets upset as he misses being a cat already. He's trying to lick his arm and um, sniffing Salem and things. Um, so, um, yeah, having enjoyed Bob Dogman so much, <laughs> I was hoping for a bit more of forgetting he's not a cat anymore. To be honest, it goes yeah, away pretty quick. I, 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 I that, really yeah. enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that opening when he turned up and started like swatting things, licking himself. I was like, oh yes, Dick Van Dyke pretending to be a cat for an episode. I'm in. Doesn't he, gr- doesn't he greet Salem by nuzzling him as well? Yes, yes he does. Yeah. yeah. Would have been nice if he just curled up on a couch at some point in the episode. Just little little gags like that. But yeah, he just kind of snap out of it fairly quickly. But um, yeah, I, I guess yeah, I would agree. I would like to have seen more of that. But I still very much enjoy what we do get um, instead. Um, so yeah, like I said, Duke quickly gets upset as he misses being a cat. So rightfully, Salem slaps him across the face with his little animatronic arm. Um, and reminds him that A, he can use his magic again, and B, he can reach high places and shelves. Um, obviously, very important things. Uh, the two enjoy some old terrorizing war stories uh, until Duke admits that he'd swore that he'd go straight if he were ever to become human again. Salem laughs, obviously, but Duke is deadly serious. He then gives his rusty magic a bash, and instead of magicking in someone from the Ottoman Empire, he just magics in an Ottoman for Sabrina to trip over, uh, which was, again, very, very fun, very silly, and I liked that. Also, a deep pull um, for fans of the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, because that happened at the end of the opening titles, I think. He tripped yes. over an Ottoman. Yes, yes, um, I do yeah. I do recall that, it, yeah. And for all we rag on uh, this show for often doing callbacks to things that were well before the time of the target audience, that show was, and possibly still is to this day, like, re-screened, like, constantly in America. Like, you can meet, like, Americans in their 30s and 40s who still grew up watching that show because the reruns were on so much. So um, it is like a something of a national institution. So I yeah. reckon there would have been a fair few people who would have got that. Yeah, and and right. So I mean, you know, as you know, it's it was such a huge show, and he was such a huge star, and you know, and, and you know, it's 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 right that someone you know who's guest starred in this episode should have callbacks to something that they're fondly remembered for. You know, it is a nice nice callback. Um, in the kitchen, Sabrina uh, begs her aunts to coach her basketball team for her so she and Harvey can practice their dance routine. They agree to, but only if Sabrina can find someone responsible to manage the clock shop for them. So instead of actually scouting for a responsible adult, she enlists Duke and Salem. Um, and all through this, the way Duke looks genuinely terrified listening to the instructions that Sabrina's given him, again, is just really funny and I really sort of latched onto Duke in this way that you, yeah. you know he might be a criminal in the it past but brilliant. he's just he's literally just become a human again and he's been told to man a till <laughs> you know like just actually yeah. serve customers and stuff he's generally it's like what 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 is this I don't know how this works <laughs> what what you can just you can see all the fear in his face as he's listening and then again another <laughs> brilliantly delivered line um, where you know Sabrina asks him to say something because he's been very quiet and he just says help <laughs> Yes. <laughs> again just a great delivery of him just oh. help <laughs> like it's uh yeah it's it's you know in just these little little short lines that he's had throughout this episode already um you know he's nailed it all um so that's that's very funny they've been asked to, to run over uh run uh, the shop for them 
Um, so whilst Hilda and Zelda struggle to handle the rowdy teens and Sabrina and Harvey struggle to move with rhythm and flair, Salem convinces Duke to give his rusty magic a go. First, he conjures up a spell to repair an old watch. Obviously, he's, he's happy with that because it works. But his next spell then causes the entire clock shop to explode. Uh, what was what was he trying to do instead? I forget. He was trying to um, summon a voting machine so they could rig it. <laughs> that, oh, yes, that was it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Salem's already um, hinted that he helped rig, um, was it like the Chicago mayoral election for Kennedy or something mm. like that? Um, but I, I like Salem's influence over Duke. Because yes. so often, obviously, you you'll have like a you know a, a gang leader or you know a criminal mastermind of some sort, but their underlings will just be nice guys who are just very easily persuaded. Mm. And Duke yeah. is clearly one of those guys where like, yeah, he's he's a nice, well-meaning guy who will just do anything anyone says. So if the wrong person gets in his ear, then he'll do all kinds of uh, you know dastardly things to uh, to make them happy. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's, I... it's it's just that phrase. You got it, boss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he says, says, like, go on, do this, it'll be fun, go and do it. And he's just like, okay. Oh, oh, that's it, Salem says, um, I'll love you for it. And he's like, okay, boss, yeah. And it's just yeah, like, yeah, exactly, it's, yeah. yeah it's very sort of childlike, isn't it? Like, he's just... Yes, he is very childlike, that's the word, yeah. But yeah, and he, and he knows that, you know, because he fixes this watch and he's generally really happy that, you know, his rusty magic, he's not used it for years and he's managed to fix something so simple as, you know, a watch. And it just kind of, he does it again in the entire shop, uh, blows up um i do like as well they keep going on about how rusty and old timey um duke's magic is um and the fact that he actually has to do incantations to do his magic he can't just point a finger and something happens he actually has to like say an actual spell um for it to work magic has evolved then we know yeah in the last 25 in the last 25 years i mean or it's just the fact that you know he was just not necessarily someone who's stubborn and set in their own ways but he kind of he ne- he was never given the chance to maybe like explore what his magic was capable of. It's just Salem just told him what to do and he did it. Um, you know, he wasn't able he wasn't given his own mind, maybe. So he's not he's just doing spells the old ways, maybe. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was interesting seeing almost uh Harry Potter esque um sort of, you know, fake Latin um spells. Mm. In Sabrina, because it's never—I don't think we've ever seen anybody do it that way before. We've had the rhyming incantations, but we've never mm. had anything like uh, like Duke does. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't—it well, wasn't no. like Clockus Repairus, but you know, something very much like that, wasn't it? Very just, um, yeah, old. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, you're saying like well, no, ta- yeah, well, ta- Tapas and Fetus and things like later on when he's doing the dancing spells. So it's a bit, a bit like that. Yeah, but what we've seen is that every witch performs magic differently. And this might just be Duke's way of doing it. It could be. It's just such a stark contrast to anyone else we've seen. Like, you know, even something as extremely bizarre as Dashiell scratching his head to do his magic. You know, that's that's at least he wasn't saying something while doing it. It's very. It's such such a such a fascinating way. It's something so simple. We, we, we've grown up in things like Harry Potter where people say spells and they do them, but to actually see it where you're used to people just pointing in a direction and something happening, it's very, very startling. Anyway, I think it's very, very interesting. I thought it was quite inventive. It was like, oh, we're bored of people doing different things different ways. Let's get this one to talk it. I've I've got I've got a bit of a, more of a cynical read on it. Right. It's 2000. Harry, Harry Potter mania is upon us. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
Yeah, like I said, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't wasn't ragging on the decision to do it. It's just just compared to all the characters, it's it's very noticeably different. That's yes. all. But uh, yeah, I I would yeah I would agree with you, Graham. That's yeah, that's an interesting take on it. I wonder if anyone else does that in in episodes or even seasons to come. That'd be interesting. Uh, but yeah, back home and Sabrina is getting grilled by her aunt about not helpfully returning the favour that she asked of them. Obviously, they're not actually bothered about the clock shop exploding because they can magic no. it back together. Uh, but it's 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 the principle of um, of them going about it. So I, again, I do like that. They're not, really not bothered about the shop exploding because they'll piece it back together, <laughs> which, which again, is just bringing the show back into its own reality. Like, yeah, it's just the fact that Sabrina was a bit lazy about it. Really doesn't matter because they can they can fix it. Yeah, it's, they can. Just I do like ke- keeping it grounded within the confines of um, yeah, you know this magical reality. Because you could rest assured if they'd actually been like, oh no, what are we going to do? We'd ru- we're ruined. Then uh, us, us us three pricks would be like, oh, couldn't they just magic it? So I'm glad that they did actually address that. Yeah, but then but then Sabrina does go. I'll I'll sort out the back room, and it's like, well. Are you going to do it by hand yeah. or wave your finger? But yeah, like I said, I'm just glad that yeah, it's it, we never see them actually build it. We just know that it'll be something that they'll do, and it'll take them two seconds to do it. They're just bothered about people calling the police at seeing the shop explode. So, uh, which obviously means it must have exploded quite quietly then, if they're not too worried about someone noticing it. But still, um, oh, they also say um, that you know uh, we best sort it out before anyone calls the police. We don't want another unnecessary inspection. Which may, you know, suggest that again something else dodgy and well, they said silly's happened. The worst one was our Oldsmobile in seventeen thirty. So I guess some oh some right. time Imagine time clock related car yeah some time clock related shenanigans possibly meant that they brought a uh, a car back to the seventeen hundreds. I don't know. Um, Duke, meanwhile, is listening in from the kitchen and is really bothered about the fact that he got Sabrina in so much trouble. He keeps referring to her as this really nice girl and I, and I got her into trouble by accident. And Salem keeps fobbing it off, saying, ah, don't worry about it, it's fine. She lies all the time, it's okay. So, again, sort of Salem being behind someone's back is really, really two-faced and uh, a bit of a horrible bastard. Yeah, he's just reverted back to his old ways. That's all it is. Put a bit of testosterone in the room with him and stuff, and he's uh, he's all like lads, 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 and yeah, it's uh, yeah. But again, I, I'm I'm glad that we see this side of him in this particular episode, anyway. Or is it? Yeah. So he's really bothered, and Salem just says, "Oh, just forget about it." Um, obviously, speaking of forget about it, <laughs> a Boston a Boston gangster witch uh, named uh, Benny magics in after hearing the rumours of Duke shedding his fur, and he tries to entice him back into the old gang. Um, Duke considers the offer due to being rubbish in the mortal realm, uh, but Serena still sees the good in him and sends Benny packing. So again, we just get a random appearance of another one of his old of Salem's old cronies. Uh, again, Duke very childlike, just saying, "Oh, well, I'm not doing very well here. If if someone will let me help them, I'm 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 more than happy to do it, regardless of um, morally whether it's the right thing to do." Yeah, he's very naive and uh, very naive and oh, what's the word? Manipulate. He's easily manipulated. That's what it is. Yeah, I liked uh, Betty turning up once. It reminded me of Salem's Mafia. Um... <laughs> Sweeney's got no teeth. And also, um, again, very similar sort of uh, gag to what to what we saw in that episode um, when Sabrina walks in and him going, "Hey, who's abroad?" <laughs> <That's great>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he he just pops up and yeah, Sabrina sends him packing and just says, "Listen, I 
I don't care what you think. I see a good guy in here, um, you know, and I won't let you take him back into the fold. And yeah, and you know, and Duke sort of fondly, um, fondly recalls that. So it upstairs in Sabrina's bedroom, she still sucks at dancing while she's dancing in front of the mirror. So Duke decides to try and make Sabrina a better dancer. If he can fix a watch, he can fix Sabrina's feet. Obviously, again, I guess hands. If he can fix a pair of hands, he can fix a pair of feet. And, uh, yeah, you get something very unusual that we've yet to have in a Sabrina episode. The way Duke's looking at Sabrina and he's thinking to himself, and we get a little bit of music playing in the background and a, and a voiceover of what Sabrina said before about him being a good guy. Very strange placement because mm. it's, it's something... Um, something we've not really seen uh, editing-wise in, in in an episode of Sabrina, but it still felt incredibly fitting just it happening to just Dick Van Dyke's character for some reason. Did, did you get what I mean by that? Yeah. Yeah, I get... Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I see where you're coming from. It, it, it seems out of place, but again, maybe it's because it was Dick Van Dyke that it was okay to do it. Hmm. Yeah, it, it felt yeah. out of place, but not... Yeah, it, it was out of place in the sense of, you know, when you actually analyse it, but it just felt completely normal because it was just, hey, I can fix her. I fixed a watch, right? And it's just got this nice music playing in the background. And it's, yeah, it, it works really nicely. Um, yeah, it's just something a little bit different. Um, unfortunately, though, he doesn't quite fix Sabrina's feet because um, Duke's rusty magic has screwed up again. Uh, Sabrina now has two right feet. Um, uh, it's obviously more body horror for, for Graham there. Uh, was it nice to see Sabrina with two right feet? <laughs> um, it's better than two left feet. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you, because I watched this on <coughs> Daily Motion, um, I couldn't really see the picture in enough quality to really <laughs> notice that she had two right feet. If she hadn't said so, I would have thought her feet were normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, it shows that unfortunately, two rights don't. Uh, you know, two rights make a wrong. They do. Um, indeed. It's yeah. So um, yeah, she just has two right feet, and I watched it in you know, on DVD, and it's yeah, it's it's pretty gross. What Dick Van Dyke? I'll, I'll tell you that. DVD Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Yes, yeah. You watch DVD on DVD? Yeah, that, that I did. I and did. Um, and uh, David Van Day came round into you as well to watch it with you. So you watch DVD on DVD with DVD. You, you, you better believe it. But yeah, so she gets out of bed and Duke's tried to, I guess, make her have, um, you know, basically stop having two left feet, but he's gone on the opposite end and now she's got two right feet. And uh, yeah, so she, she keeps walking in circles because obviously she's uh, again, just just really, really silly. Um, so, uh, so Hilda and Zelda don't know what to do because they can't reverse a spell that they don't know. And Duke, being a senile old bugger, can't remember the spell he did as well. He also isn't good at names as he calls Sabrina Salinas in is. a really awesome callback to um mrs papowski calling her that when um when she worked at the slicery yeah. so i hope that's a recurring joke if in the future people call sabrina incorrectly again and it's always selena yes that'd be um because it was selena's and fred wasn't it that was valerie's yeah. um yeah name. especially um, since how many people have you ever met called selena's <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Because he says, like, um, he says, um, oh, yeah, Duke won't come down. He's so upset about what happened to that really nice girl, Salinas. Oh, yeah, he hasn't he isn't very good at names either. And, yeah, it's yeah. just very, very funny. Again, he's so genuinely upset that he's Aww. disrupted this, oh, this lovely girl's life. He's only tried to help, and he's just made it so, so wrong. 
Um, so it turns out the only way to find the spell, obviously the, the one that Duke did, is to dive into Duke's memory. So they conjure a magic door and enter the Dusty Records room of his mind. Uh, meanwhile, Harvey just pops round to rehearse and Sabrina just about convinces him that the door standing in the living room that says Duke's memory is just an abstract religious tombstone to a dear family friend. Uh, uh, she hurries him away and Sabrina's feet eventually uh, return to normal. But uh, I mean, that's fucking dark. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. it's just Duke's memory. Oh, it's just a tombstone. Don't question our religious beliefs, she says. Um, yeah, just, yeah, it's just very silly. Very funny. But of course, Harvey buys it, obviously. Have we got to the point where Harvey, being a dimwit, we can say is like one of the main plot devices of this show? I I would say so. That like, there's comedy it's like, it's a di- purposely written in where it's like, oh, it's all right, we can explain anything away because yeah. um, Harvey is an idiot. It's a yeah. perfect combination of a running gag and also like a deus ex machina, whatever they call it, of just, just a way of getting away with <laughs> basically magic stuff happening in front of him all the time. Oh, he's he's, re- yeah, he's, re- he's really stupid and he believes anything Sabrina says. <laughs> yeah, and we revisit this, this this trait of Harvey's as well at the end of the episode. Uh, but yeah, I just think it's a very, very funny, very creative, uh, in terms of the writing anyway, of, of explaining to to an idiot how, um, you know, what that magic door is, especially when Hilda and Zelda walk through it and he's like, what are you doing? What's, what's all that about? And yeah, very silly. Um, so yeah, enjoying uh, this as well. Hilda and Zelda are looking through this really dusty, quite gross records room. They have a memory of footage of him when he was a cat killing a mouse, which apparently is quite graphic. Um, it turns out, uh, obviously, Hilda's reading a folder that says repressed memories, and apparently he's got really, really horrible repressed memories, which, again, is quite dark, especially if it, if it explains why so childlike he is. Um, again, I'm glad, I'm glad that's just a throwaway comment anyway, and we don't actually find out more about him but yeah it's uh serena's feet eventually turn back to normal when they find out what the spell is and um hilda and zelda reverse it serena heads to school to rehearse with harvey who just hasn't improved at all salem says he dances like an old man so duke tries to magic him into a better dancer which he does but it turns out that harvey now has the mindset of a little boy and runs away calling everyone a butthead uh which is it's no different really from from harvey anyway (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah he's just he's just a lovable silly dim-witted butthead but yeah now he's uh yeah he's, and now he's just this childlike she's like uh come on harvey we need to rehearse again and he's like no i don't wanna uh you said but and he runs off so yeah he's not dancing like an old man anymore he's dancing like a sprightly young boy he's very he's very very funny in uh his uh degenerated uh state though uh nate richard especially especially later when he's do, running around do, and they can't catch him it's just <laughs> yeah, do, doesn't he steal Salem as well? Yeah, just 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 yeah, just, seeing, just yeah. seeing somebody that size running around like a child, like squealing, is just hilarious. Um, saying like, I'm wearing big boy yeah. pants now, just running around, and um, yeah, so so it's again, it's just really really fun. Um, an angry Sabrina tells Salem to find Duke and fix the problem, but when she finds him, he can't remember the spell again because he's just a silly old man. Um, Sabrina storms off, upset, and Duke says. When you're a cat, this thing doesn't happen. To which Salem replies, ruining people's lives? It happens to me all the time. (laughs) Uh, And again, a classic Salem meme that we've actually seen acted out now. Uh, So, yeah, very great, great fun then. And again, of course, Salem's got like no remorse during this thing. He can see Duke getting shouted at and he's just like, oh, it's all right, Duke, it's fine. It'll all work itself out. He's just got absolutely no remorse when it comes to... Uh, hanging around with his underlings. He's yeah. seen this kind of like true 
uh, yeah, kind of true, horrible side to Salem, you know, which explains why he was a criminal and, you know, why he's deservedly getting, um, getting punished More material now. for Salem Origins, that's all I'm saying. Um, so Sabrina and Harvey are called out for their audition. So Sabrina starts and is wonderfully joined by Duke, who dances in gracefully with her and helps her gain the part oh. in the musical. Oh. And this is just sublime. Oh, it's so it's... nice. He panders in and he's just like, it's all about giving them the soft shoe, does he say? Like, yeah. All about soft swinging yeah, legs. Yeah, he and... says, give it, give, it the sh- uh, give it the soft shoe. Yeah, it's no exaggeration to say that I've transported somewhere else during this. Yeah, and not in the same way when Valerie danced with um, Drew oh, Carey. Drew Carey. I yeah, never want to, to a really horrible place. The place I was transported to when that happened, I never want to be transported to again. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's you know it's basically the same scene, um, just without Drew Carey, and I think it works. I think Drew Carey was the problem. I could be living um, through a pandemic but... for the rest of my life. As, as long as I don't have to be transported back to that place again, it's preferable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, instead we just get, um, you know, Duke, uh, you know, uh, you know, pardon the pun, he just waltzes in and he's just doing this little dance with her. It's beautiful. It's got this nice little music behind it. Um, and yeah, it's just so delightful. Just gentle, just being a, such a gentle, gentleman-y dancer. Um, yeah. And I think it works really well. Um, just the thing as well of like, obviously, like I say... Like, you know, obviously Dick Van Dyke, you know, someone whose uh, films I really enjoyed as a child, kind of feel like kind of quite a, you know, sort of fondness for that, you know, you can almost only have of things that, you know, were sort of a big, that were, you know, sort of from, from your childhood and, you know, like bring back mm. sort of fond memories of just like a carefree existence and stuff. But then also Melissa Joan Hart, who through doing a podcast about her sitcom for several years now, I'm also immensely fond of. And just seeing them together, like dancing together, like, teaming up was just magical just for yeah. those reasons like and obviously she's a you know a reasonable dancer obviously you know she's got a sort of stage school background as well um and yeah it's just just a truly magical scene i think one of the most sort of memorable in a good way scenes that we've ever had in the show yeah did you did you guys sort of know that sort of this this scene was eventually going to happen that they were it was going to end up with sabrina and duke dancing together was, was it a surprise I feared it wouldn't. I thought it was going to when he said, when he was saying about when she was asleep and he was like, I could teach her to dance. I was like, I said, I, 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 maybe I could make her dance. I was like, oh, is he going to teach her? Is she going to get, you know, dance lessons from him? And then when he didn't, he just did a magic spell that didn't work. I was like, oh, so we're not going to get to see him yeah. dance. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a good bait and switch of, oh, we're not going to see him dance. Oh, wait, we are. Yeah. I, I thought it was going down that route as well. I thought he was going to repay his, his uh, obviously Sabrina's kindness to him of teaching uh, her or teaching Harvey to dance. I thought that's where it was going to go. And so, and again, the exact same way you said it, when it didn't happen, um, only to, of them to return in this just little little 10 20 second dance routine uh yeah i just it just made it all the all the more worthwhile it was really 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 yes. sweet it was really nice so yeah so sabrina gets the part which is uh which is wonderful the celebrations are short-lived however as everyone chases harvey so they can try and reverse the spell and when nothing works they rope in a really tall basketball coach to tower over him with an authoritative scare uh, stare scare him and uh, then turn him back to normal um this basketball player appeared previously when uh, Hilda and Zelda during the course of this episode have been struggling to keep 
Sabrina's ragtag bunch of basketball players at bay. Uh, they even consider getting a, a fire hose on a net to try and catch them. And then it turns out the only way to do it after lots of concussion is uh, just to get a really tall man to, to do the job. So yeah, John Sally, uh, who is the only, or oh, sorry, not the only, but he was the first uh, NBA player to win the championship with three different teams. Um, and then he went on to host his own show on um, Fox Sports for a number of years. And he's done some acting as well. Um, he was in both the Bad Boys films, but pro- I don't think the recent one, but he was in Bad Boys 1 and 2. But you're not interested in that. What you're interested in is how tall is this man? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Chris, uh, Chris, do you want to guess? I'm going to go with 6'5". I'm going to go with 7'1". Phil was closest, but you're both uh, out by a few. 6'11", uh, he is. Wow, okay. And I, I, when he was first introduced, you don't see his face, and I thought it was going to be one of those joke characters, a bit like that character in The Naked Gun, where, you, where he's never actually, his oh. head's never actually in shock because he's so cut, he's so tall. <laughs> yes, I know the one. Yeah, but yeah, we, yeah. we see him now. Um, and yeah, and he just, he just shouts, um, you know, b-ball quotes and strategies to the team, and yeah, he's very, uh, very threatening just with his, with his stare, and he's obviously very open to Hildren Zelda using magic in front of him. So I don't know whether he's aware of magic because obviously say harvey mentions him in the credits um but uh yeah he's, he's apparently very okay with having magic performed in front of his face <laughs> maybe that's why he's so good at basketball he's magic hey, yeah maybe. maybe well we all know that's why magic jordan was so good yeah johnson magic johnson yeah whatever <laughs> magic jordan maybe maybe that's what close friends called him i don't know what about magic jewel <laughs> <laughs> Magic Joel, yeah, maybe. Oh, let's let's not talk about Magic Joel. Yeah, again. talking about memories of past Sabrina episodes, we don't want to revisit Drew Carey and uh, Magic Joel. Definitely up there. Um, but yeah, as you said, Graham, very funny of them just trying to chase Harvey's jumping over the couch. He's just um, he's like uh, lifting uh, Salem over his head like a weight and stuff. Yeah, it's very very funny. I didn't actually look to see if he if he's lifting up real or fake Salem. I, th- I, I think it was. Real, real, yeah. Because I remember, real, yeah. I remember, like arching his back, like the cat arching his back, as cats do when you pick them up, and the puppet would not do. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we we always, com- uh, you know, commentating on how incredible this uh, puppet is. Maybe they've even built it now in season four with all that uh, that extra dollar to uh, give him an arched back when he's held. Well, in that case, there's no excuse for them not to have done the arsehole. <laughs> that, that's it. If they can give him an arched back. They can give him a fucking balloon knot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> so uh, we're in the kitchen. Balloon nut. Uh, we're in the kitchen and Sabrina is fuming after receiving her part of Stupid Villager 3 and a terribly uh, demanding rehearsal schedule to go with it. However, facing the possibility of stepping down from her basketball coaching duties, she decides to fuck her college of choice and not bow down to their needs and say, you know, they're going to miss out on me if they don't want me. They can't have me, which is a good attitude, you know, for for her to have because she realises there are more important things than a state-of-the-art library. Uh, It's not all bad, however, as Hilda and Zelda have finally found a way to give back to the community. Literally give back, that is, as they've gifted the community with the new resident tap dancing instructor or faucet dancing instructor, you might say, uh, Duke. So that's how Duke ends the rest of his days. He goes straight, it seems. And considering he's a witch, I guess he... He teaches generations of old people how to dance. This mythical teacher, this uh, old man Duke who never ages and lives for about 300 more years. Um, but also also in the class is the uh, 
Chinese oh, guy. Oh, the, the, the silly foreigner. <laughs> yeah, he can't say hello, but he can fucking dance, can't he? But also, oh. he's, also he's not that old. It's like him and a load of 80-year-olds. It's very strange. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because, is there a stereotype that they're just stupid? And he's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I can't say hello, but look, well, you know, watch, I think, watch me I think, shimmy and shake. I think, I think that is a stereotype that they, that they uh, want to indulge based on that one scene. But uh, yeah, very strange. Very strange. But yeah, there we go. So the community has been gifted a magical being who, yeah, they'll teach grandparents, their grandparents, and, you know, just generations of people will know this wonderful, majestic uh, old pensioner. So there we go. That is the end of episode 16, confirmed episode 16, that is, uh, of season four, entitled Welcome Back, Duke. Uh, obviously, chaps, we talked a, a lot about it at the start of this episode, but yeah, just going through it again, I did generally think this was such just such a sweet, easy watch. But I'm not entirely sure whether was it just because of Dick Van Dyke's involvement in it that made it such a sweet episode, or in general, was it you know uh, just a, a well written, well um, put together episode? What what do you think? Uh, no, it's all down to Dick Van Dyke. I would if, I would say so if, too. Yeah, if that, yeah. If if that was an episode without Dick Van Dyke, it it wouldn't be the same. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, you know, it is definitely they've kind of got him involved, and they've kind of it's as if they've written an episode around him, around something. Let's just make a little a one-off, really sort of charming episode that revolves around Dick Van Dyke, just um, instantly giving people sort of, you know smiles and nostalgic memories. He does a little dance. He's a really nice guy because we can't tarnish this this character actor. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's as if they've written the episode around him, I think. They may have written the episode and then gone, oh, you know, it would be amazing if we got Dick Van Dyke to do it, and then out of nowhere managed to get Dick Van Dyke. Mm. Yeah. I think that's more likely. I think they wrote the episode and said, we'll only ever do this one if we can get Dick Van Dyke, and then they did. Yeah. Or possibly they had some backup, like, other sort of beloved, um, like, sort of variety stars who can do a bit of dancing and a bit of comedy but aren't quite as well-known and beloved as him, maybe, <laughs> if they couldn't, de- couldn't get Dick Van Dyke. I don't know, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, if, if you're casting our minds back to a few seasons ago, Michael Flatley was the sexiest man on earth. Uh, maybe maybe they could have got him to do it. Or maybe. Um, there was another uh, one of um, Dick's brothers. I forget the name. He was on You Wish, wasn't he? And in an episode of uh, Teen Angel. That's uh, Jerry, isn't it? Jerry Van Dyke, yes. Who um, passed away, I think, a couple of years ago, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So yeah, but it, it was just so delightful and we were very excited about watching them and talking about this episode at the end of our last one and i think it, it all paid off i think it was just such a delightful episode but it's all well and good saying what we thought of it in terms of words but what do we think about it in terms of numbers because uh, at the end of every episode we like to give it a score based on some certain criteria so uh the ones that we measure uh typically are magic wit creativity and the soon to be abolished Say it with me, boys. Progression. Progression. Um, this is actually the first time we've talked really properly since a new year, so we've yet to have our annual general meeting. But uh, Chris, you'll, you'll schedule in at some point, won't you? Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I'll figure it out. Yeah, Does yeah. us abolishing uh, progression count as progression? For us, yes. yes. For the show, no. <laughs> well, the, the show has kind of convinced us to abolish it, so I, yeah. I think that's a subconscious 
um, no, no writing no, strategy no, that by the no, team. I think no, I think that's something worth considering. No, <laughs> but before we get there, uh, first of all, boys, magic. Just how magical was this episode? Well, it was magical. It was magical because of Dick Van Dyke's presence. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm gonna yeah just because I don't think we can put Dick Van Dyke in creativity because it might not have been written for him. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a strong four for magic because of Dick Van Dyke as him as in himself and the magic that he performs. Yeah, he, you know, yeah, he performs a lot of magic, a lot of dodgy magic, but again, a lot of heartwarming magic. You know how excited he was over, um, uh, you know, fixing a, an old watch, and so you know you've got him who's magical anyway. He's he's another witch, um, you know, and he's uh, he recently been uh, deferred and using some some silly spells, um, and yeah, and, and and obviously we have things like Sabrina's feet. Obviously, that was the, about uh, you know to do with a spell, but yeah, a lot of actual magic going on and, and, and in general that the way that the episode was put together was magical in, in you know in, in a creative sense so um yeah i i would i was pretty magic heavy i'd say about a four as well yeah four <laughs> four works excellent so four for magic there um what about uh wit just how is that magic wit yeah it's wit isn't it? uh how about wit just how long have we been doing this <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. What what is this like the hundred and sixty eighth episode? Is, Who knows? is it wit? I just is I, it wit? I just can't remember. Uh, so yeah, what about wit? Just how funny was this episode? Um, I think it was pretty funny. Um, I think that Dick Van Dyke was well written for. Um, I think the only majorly unfunny things were the mangy language bit, which thankfully didn't last very long, and the recurring gag about them not hearing Duke's name when yeah, I'm thinking the, it, it that went a, on for too long. <laughs> it was a woman going to coming to see Salem for some reason. Um but yeah for the most part, yeah, some very funny lines from Salem, some yeah good interplay between um Sabrina and Harvey as well. Yeah, I say it was a, a good one for Wit actually. Um I might even say a four again to be honest. Yeah, because we always say wit isn't necessarily just about the writing of it, but how well it's performed as well. Yes. And I think, um, obviously, uh, Duke was, obviously, as I mentioned before, made me laugh just how enthusiastic he was about performing with a puppet. Um, I think it was very funny. Um, Sabrina had, you know, a couple of slapstick moments. Obviously, Harvey running around like a, like a, a young boy. Um, and then, obviously, Salem just having so, some incredible lines. One of them, obviously... Uh, became a you know a meme that you know I've shared a lot. So yeah, I I would very much say four as well. Yeah, happy with four. Personally, I'd go with three, but uh, I've my opinion doesn't matter because two of you have said four, and this is a democracy. Absolutely. Um, what about creativity? Just how creative was this episode? Ooh, mm. I think I think that all depends. Oh, I've dropped me mic. You got a leaf. You've got a leaf now. I think that all depends. Um, Chris out. I think that all um, depends. See you next week, folks. I'm out. I think it all depends on on if it was written for Dick Van Dyke or if it was just written. If we're going with it was just written and not for Dick Van Dyke, it it it's not that creative. It's Sabrina getting into a pickle about something she doesn't need to get into a pickle about. I I guess yeah. It's it's um. I mean, I guess it kind of obviously we'll go into progression next. It adds in a bit of a progression in terms of it's 
a couple of occasions we've heard about her working towards college, uh, obviously because that's where the next season will take us. Um, but this was kind of like a story to come off from that. It's like, well, how can we improve this college story? Oh, wait, let, let's give her guidance that she needs to uh, get involved in the arts and stuff. So, well, let's write a story about that. And, you know, it could have just been about Salem, uh, sorry, Sabrina learning to dance. And, uh, you know, again, we've said this a few times. It could have very easily been like Mr. Craft. Uh, Mr. Craft has been granted a spell where he's a dance teacher and he teaches Sabrina to dance and dances with her in the end and stuff. It could have just been a very just regular, um, just uh, just just close knitted cast. It's just only featuring the Sabrina cast, but instead to him to bring in someone like Dick Van Dyke, a huge star from the outside into it, and for him to to give them his his own kind of character that that you very quickly fell for. Um, I think all comes down to the the creativity in in um, yeah the writing of the episode, even if it's not an original concept. I think the way they came about it was um, was was done creatively at least. Excuse you. Thank you. Oh wait, until you finish talking. <laughs> three or four, but I'm leaning more towards three personally. You were leaning more, I imagine, early when you farted. But um <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'd say a three. Yeah, I'd 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 settle on a three as well, so that's that's all good. Um and then again it might not like be here for a while, but we'll we'll just keep it going for the time being uh progression. Uh Zero. So as I said before, <laughs> but as, One. I, as as I said before, um, there has been this very very subtle, and I think it'll be more prominent. Or should we say five is an apology progress. for the people who don't like us marking everything down because of progression? Yeah, let's kind no, of make balls. up make up for it for for this this past year or two of just um, disappointments. What? Uh, uh, what we're gonna we're gonna give this episode five. A five for progression because Dick Van Dyke was in it. No, it gets a one. Uh, no, I'll give I'll give some legit reasons for progression, which I think give it should give it at least two, maybe more. Um, is one we've had the seeds being planted for where she's going to go to college and yep. proof that she's getting towards yep. the end of high school now and she's considering uh, her next move. Um, that's one. That's one. Uh, we have um more fleshing out of Salem as a villain. You know, we've seen his underlings, the kind of relationship he... One of his underlings, anyway, and the kind of relationship he has with them. So that's two. Because up until up until Duke, we've only seen other Newt. other animals. Yeah, Newt, and I think there was, there was another one or so. So we've not really seen anyone. Uh, so to actually meet one properly as, as an actual human being, you know, more, uh, you know witch. So, um, yeah, it, was, it definitely works towards progression. So that's, that's two, I would say. Yeah, um, I mean, it, you know, there could be other things about, you know, we learn a little bit about... Uh, actually, no, I guess that comes into that about, you know, the sentence that Salem and his cronies were given. I guess that comes under, you know, his, his underlings and things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I would say, yeah, that the, the college progression, more more fleshing out of Salem's underbelly, uh, the, the, everything going on there. So yeah, I, I would say two as well. Uh, so uh, so totally not, Chris, because you're the one that says far cleverer, us when it, cleverer than us when it comes to uh, numbers. So add that up for us. So we had... Four for magic, four for wit, three for creativity, and two for progression. What the hell does that give us? That gives us 13 out of 20, Philippe, Excellent. which is a above average uh, episode and far better than the previous episodes that we have been viewing recently. Yeah, I think uh, our last episode scored was it fourteen? I think because it, it obviously it had all the pieces that we've come to sort of really appreciate. But uh, again, um, you know, progression is something we're just being stubborn and sticking with for the time being. But oh, it... also, chaps, I've I've just checked the diary. Um, 
our annual general meeting is being held on the 16th of February right. this year. 16th of February. Okay, so um, so that that'll probably be the way we normally run. We won't have a new episode out before then. <laughs> 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 We're recording this the 3rd of January. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll do something about that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, again, like, you know, if you're not really bothered about progression, really, in general, this is a really sweet, a really nice episode, a very easy, comfortable watch that I, you know, my heart was warmed throughout. Um, yeah, and it's definitely, definitely one of the best. Maybe not score-wise, but definitely, I'd say, probably the best episode in this season so far. It's the most memorable episode. Uh, yeah, I definitely, yeah. And again, that comes down to not necessarily the fact it was a Sabrina episode, but because, yeah, Mr. Magical himself, Dick Van Dyke, appeared in it. So uh, It's kind of sad that, the... really. We're almost desensitised now to a good Sabrina episode because we've seen so many of them. <laughs> yeah. So there are probably some good to... episodes this season that we'll never remember, but we'll always remember <laughs> this one because Dick Van Dyke was in it. Simple as that. I'll always, I'll always remember this one and the um, Ice Station Sabrina when the uh, the Rangers Tower collapsed. Uh, obviously yes. That was an incredibly perilous yeah. episode. They're, they're my two favourite episodes. So uh, yeah. So so hopefully you know this next episode um, will be uh, will be ha- at least half as good as this one that we've watched. Uh, episode seventeen, boys. Would you like to know what it's called? Go on. Yeah, go ahead then. It's called Salem's Daughter. What the hell do you think it's about? Oh, well, I'm straight away oh. giving it five for progression. Salem has a daughter. This mm. is a this is a development. I think Salem's Daughter is not actually going to be about Salem having a daughter. I think it's going to be about Salem hunting for a daughter. Okay. For what purpose? No, 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 that's all I've got. <laughs> okay, so uh, so Chris thinks that this is about Salem, um, kind of in a bit of a Hunger Games sort of pre-Hunger Games situation uh, of him sort of hunting for someone to what put on a mantelpiece and say that it's his daughter. I don't know what's inside yes. your head, Chris, but that's your uh, thoughts. Uh, Graham, what about you? Salem's daughter. Salem um, discovers that he has a daughter. He didn't previously know that he did. I think it's an a grown daughter, or possibly it's somebody about Sabrina's age. I would say it's you know mm-hmm. a sort of you know girl in her late teens maybe, um, and he has to take her to a father daughter dance in the other realm. Except he's a cat. <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I mean you never know with with these episode titles. You know, if you go on the IMDb trivia page, it always says. Uh, the title of this episode is based on something else. Maybe it would just say Salem's Daughter was based on the title of Salem's Lot by Stephen King, maybe. Uh, maybe just put another <laughs> flipping word in there. But yeah, episode 17, Salem's Daughter. Salem hears the news that his daughter, who he hasn't seen in decades, is due to be married and wants to mend their relationship. So oh. uh, so him and um, Sabrina go to this wedding to you know, so she can try and fix this relationship between um, his daughter, Annabelle, and uh, of Salem himself. And also, whilst in the mortal realm, we finally meet the legends that are Daniel Boone and Marnie. We find out ah. what, who and what the hell they are about. Uh, we also meet Graham. This is one for you. We also um, have special guest appearance in this episode by Mr. Monty Sop. Ah, is it this one? Ah, right. It is this one. Ah, right. Well, I look forward to that then. Um, so Chris probably has no idea. Do you, do you, are you aware of what an ass man is, Chris? I, I, what? I'm aware of what an ass man is. Yeah. Yes, but I don't think we're talking about the same thing. So if, here. if I said, 
I'm an ass man. What would you do? Oh, is it the song? Uh, what so if it? I do if I so if I do it to Graham, so if I go, I'm an ass man. Doom doom. Yeah, I'm an ass man. Doom doom. Yeah. yeah! Um, um, it's a yeah. a, a um, uh, professional wrestler um, who competed under the name Mr. Ass for a time, Chris. He is guest starring um, in this next episode, and we're going to get to see him wrestle Sabrina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this yeah, is Mr. an episode I remember right. from childhood very fondly. Yeah, so uh, so Mr. Assman Billy Gunn himself, uh, or Monty Sop to his family, uh, will be uh, Xavier the Avenger Prescott in um, in this <laughs> next episode. So uh, very much looking Fantastic. forward, uh, very much looking forward to uh, that episode. Uh, but that will have to wait just for a little bit of time because that is episode seventeen. As for number sixteen, uh, I-, I hope you very much enjoyed it. I know I certainly have. My name has been Phil Dean, and I hope my closest comrades have enjoyed it as well. They have been Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you, Graham. You're welcome. And Mr. Chris Evans, thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Graham. Oh, so polite, Chris. You, your parents brought you up well. Uh, oh, piss off. <laughs> so I was being nice. Uh, so if you would like to be nice, talking of that, um, then you can support us. Um, obviously, I you may have seen already, I just found a couple of uh, Salem memes that have been posting them every day for you know, the uh, s- several days of Christmas so far of Salem. And uh, so I am a bit more active on social media. I guess that can be another New Year's resolution for me there. Um, so if you would like to find a little bit more about us and get in contact with us, because we are more responsive these days, at least I am, uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch, or just go on Facebook and type in Sabrina the Teenage Watch, and you'll find us there. You could also leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. It will really mean a lot to know well, what you think, because um, uh, you know if you think we're shit, we'll still continue anyway. So, But yeah, just let us know if we're doing any good. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, and again, we've been saying this over the last um, you know, few episodes, kind of dating it a little bit, but uh, I hope whatever you're doing around this particular time, you are all staying safe and you're keeping all well. And um, and again, you know, we all joke around and stuff, but you know, even if you want to just reach out to someone hosting a silly podcast like this that you listen to, you know, we're always here to talk and help people get through this time wherever you need it. Uh, and that goes to you as well, boys. You know, we're very close knit sort of uh, family, the three of us. So yeah, we're 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 always here. We're always here to talk, aren't we, boys? Yes, indeed. Just amongst ourselves, we are, then. Yeah, 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 we, are yeah, yeah. Su- yeah. we are each other's. We are each other's other support bubble, whether we are legally recognised as such or not. Yeah, and of course, over the la- over the last month, we've been each other's support baubles, of course. Um, oh, for, do, 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 oh, do, do, for fuck's sake, you had to ruin it. That was baubles. Baubles is a word that they have in America, or is it just um, Christmas ball? I don't know. Oh, I don't. I've never, never actually known about that. Uh, right in. I'm assuming. I'm assuming it's yeah. A well, baubles, support bubbles, support bauble, Christmas, go figure. Uh, but uh, as uh, I guess the last thing that we need to say on this particular episode is, may every little thing you do be, be magic. magic. Happy New Year.